Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific time. And we talk about a particular book. We call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month, because we usually go over the month, like a couple of months, because, <laughs> you know, hopefully everybody is getting their book and everybody is, you know, reading at their own pace. So we want to make sure that you actually go through the book, get the book. You know, we got three type book club members. We got the, I got my book, and you show it to everybody. <laughs> then you got the second book club members. I got my book, and, you know, you got it on the car seat of your car, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You maybe you might take it around, I guess, flipping it, flip it open every now and then, and, you know, it doesn't look like a brand-new book. You know, you kind of. You kind of mark it up just a little bit. And then we got the third member, which is the the one we're really looking for. That's the ones who bought the book, reading the book, highlighting the book, talking about the book, you know, having life-changing moments from the book, um, having the book take you places, you know, calling people, sharing information with them. That's the whole point of it because that's how we learn through repetition, through talking about things, through, you know, reading. And, you know, I always say it's not what you read, it's what you keep reading, not what you do, what you keep do, doing, not what you say, what you keep saying. You know, keep is that operative word that we have to do. And I think that third member is the one that does those things. Um, but don't get me wrong, now, if you bought the book, that's a big step right there because guess what, most people don't even buy books <laughs> anymore. And they had stopped buying books. People weren't reading anyway. And now we're in this age of, you know, I don't know, 30 characters or 30 symbols or 30 letters or something, you know, some of that, you know, whatever it is, and you try to break it down as quick as you can. When somebody sees a long paragraph on social media, you can forget about it. Or they say, <laughs> Fugazi, forget about it. They're not going to read it, um, which is insane. You probably could put in there in a paragraph like that, if you're scrolling down this page and, you know, somewhere in the middle says, you know, you'll get a million dollars if you finish reading this and then call this number, <laughs> I bet you most folks will never get to that part. because So so just getting the book is great, you know, getting the book, putting it on your car seat, and that's good. But really, number three, getting it, reading it, highlighting it, that's what we should be doing. And we also have this book club on a podcast platform. It's not a podcast but it's on 16 different podcast platforms from Breaker to iTunes to Spotify to Apple to, you know, 16 different ones where you can go and get the recordings of this. And the reason we do that is because repetition, again, is the key. You've got to hear things over and over. You've got to set aside some time in your busy, busy schedule that you have of maybe maybe uh, 30 minutes a night or 40 minutes an hour a night. Don't watch something silly that you usually watch or something that's, you know, bad for the soul, and then just go listen to a replay of the podcast, whether it's, the, well, whether it's I mean, replay of the book club or some of our mindset calls that are loaded on the podcast platform. Again, it's not a podcast. Um, but you have to sacrifice and do that yourself, folks. We talk about all the time that you have to be that self-starter. Somebody has can't be standing over you. All the time, you have to initiate that. You know, my partner used to say, well, my, my first coach and mentor, before they was even using that term mentor, I guess, used to always say, I say, well, how long do I have to read? He'd say, well, until you want to read. <laughs> I say, what? He said, until you want to read. And I say, then he'd say, you don't have to read no more. I said, well, I'm going to read. If I want to read, I'm going to read. Yeah, I know. And I said, well, let me ask you the question again. How long do I have to, until you want to read? Then I got it. Then I got it. <laughs> you know, it's like, how long do I need to listen to audios or watch videos on YouTube till I want to do it? Then when I want to do it, I don't have to do it anymore. You know, that's the key. Wanting to, you know, people do what they want, not what they need. Because if we did what we needed, everybody would be healthy. Nobody would smoke. 
Um, no, it, it would be so many things going on if we doing what we needed, but we do what we want. So when I want to read, when I want to develop myself, then that's when I can stop. <laughs> we also have a replay number on this call, so it's a 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085. Same PIN code, 783357-POUND, where you can go back and listen to the replay right after the call. And all weekend, so you got all day Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday and Sunday night. And then Monday when we do our mindset call, that replay number, I mean, that uh, the book club goes away, and then we move to the mindset calls. And Now, all these are documented and put on the podcast platform. So, we, like, we got over 250 now out there. So, now, if you are limited with your technology and you don't know how to get to the podcast platforms, just text me at 678-644-4541, 678-644-4541, and I'll send you the link. And the link doesn't, you know, it actually gives you everything you need. It'll be right there on your phone, and you can go back and list all 250 of those. As my partner say, things. 250 of those things. He says, things. Um, 250 calls. And, you know, what would be great about that, too, if you could take notes and apply it. And, you know, it's like you got to learn, folks. you got to be you have to be a student of the game. You can't just be a part of the game. You have to be a student of the game. See, that's why so, so small of a percentage of people winning. Most people don't are not going to be a student of the game. They just kind of be in the game. Some people watching the game. Don't even know the game existed, but the most people are kind of in the game, but they're not a student of the game. And I know you told me it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, it takes, I agree. You will get no debate with, with, you, with uh, you on that subject. It is. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of energy. Um, but I would assume that most of you all want a lot. So if you want a lot, you know, it comes along with the territory. You have to do a lot. You have to do a lot. I know some of you are well, no, I saw somebody else, and they ain't doing all that. You don't know that. And if you did, if they're not, don't be the exception to the rule. Be the rule. Because that's the exception, and that's a gray area. It might, But, again, we don't know. Like I said, you don't know the chapters in the life of business for most people. <clears throat> Some people are different chapters, and so you can't really say what they're doing or what they've been doing. All right? So let's get started. We'll get started in the book club, and we'll get rolling in exactly one minute, 15 seconds. 14. 13. Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom? You're trying to learn how to read? You're trying to escape? Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. Blog Talk Book Club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. That's right. It reduces the stress that a lot of us have. So let's talk about our new book by, and I, I think I pronounced her, I think I'm pronouncing her name correct, Brene Brown. Brene Brown, and the book is called Dare to Lead. Dare to Lead. I was um, I was on another uh, group's book club call, and this young lady was talking about this book. And I heard, her, I heard her talk about it a couple of times. And so I gave her a call because sometimes she gets on our book club call and um, 
And so I was on their call a couple of times, and uh, she was talking about that book. And I said, look, tell me about that book. Tell me some more about it. And she was like, she went in detail about it. I said, I got to get it. She said, you need to. I said, okay, so that's what we're going to do. Now, you know, it's not like I read it, but I was just basing it on her uh, level of enthusiasm that she had about that book and what she talked about it. And, um, you know, I, I respect her when it comes to uh, teaching, when it, you know, with books and different things like that, because I've seen her and I've seen, you know, how she operates. And so, and sometimes they'll have me on their call to talk. So, you know, when she said that, I said, okay, we check it out. So, um, here's the book. We just, we just, this is the first day of the book, you know, matter of fact. So some of y'all might not even have the book, uh, but it's the first day. And so, Data Lead is is really what I like about her. I actually Googled her and, and did a little research, saw some videos on her, is about being vulnerable. And that's what I we try to talk about here a lot is that, you know, being vulnerable means, you know, people are going to laugh at you. People are going to talk about you. People are going to discredit you. People are going to do a lot of things, but you have to go through that process. You know, um you know, and she she talks about uh, her, well, her whole conversation from some of the videos I watched, not going through the whole book, was that owning owning your fears, you know, choosing courage over that, you know, stepping out when you're nervous, doing the things that you have to do. And that's what we do in our business, and the, the, the leaders do. That's what the leaders do. They step out and do the things that maybe they don't want to do, but it comes with the courage. So, all right, so, Doc, are you on? You there? <clears throat> yes, I'm here. All right, so, Doc, Nicole is replacing our guest speaker this morning, and she's going to um, talk about the book. I don't know how long you've had it and what you read. We didn't even discuss what you're going dis- to you're gonna discuss this morning, but so I'm just going to play along with you. I actually don't even have the book in front of me, um, but I'm going to play along with you because I understand um, – well, I know that you probably got some good points that you want to go over this morning. So um, if you need me to jump in, just let me know. And if not, the microphone is yours. Okay. All right. You can hear me okay, though? Because I've got it on speakerphone. Cause I it kind of sound low a little bit, but okay. I, mean, I can on. hear you. Uh, is that better? Uh, say that again. Is that better? I think so. I don't. I don't okay. know. You know, somebody, but I think so. Sounds better. Okay. Um, yeah, because I got to be looking at a couple of things. So I did. Um, I had the audio book, so I just had to pull up like a sample of the part that um, I wanted to read. Unfortunately, it's actually in the beginning where there's a note from Brene, and um, it actually it talks about what you just started talking about, the vulnerability. And so I'm going to read a bit, um, so be patient with me, um, since most people probably don't have the book. Um, So she starts out talking, people often ask me if I still get nervous when I speak in public. The answer is yes. I'm always nervous. Experience keeps me from being scared, but I'm still nervous. First, people are offering me their most precious gift, their time. Time is hands down our most coveted, most unrenewable resource. It's being on the receiving end of one of life's most valuable gifts fails to leave you with a lump in your throat or butterflies in your stomach, then you're not paying attention. Second, speaking is vulnerable. I don't memorize my lines or have a set stick that I do verbatim. Effective speaking is about the unpredictable and uncontrollable art of connection. Even though it's just me on stage and possibly 10,000 people sitting in folding chairs in a convention center, center, I try to look into as many pairs of eyes as I can. So, yes, I'm always nervous. I have a couple of tricks that I've developed over the past several years that help me stay centered. Even though it makes event production teams crazy, I always ask for the stage lights to be at 50%. 
When they're at 10%, you can't see the audience at all, and I don't like talking into the void. I need to see enough faces to know if we're in sync. Are the words and images pulling us together or pushing us apart? Are they recognizing their experiences in my stories? People make very specific faces when they're hearing something that rings true for them. They nod and smile and sometimes cover their faces with their hands. When it's not landing, I get the side tilt and less laughter. I have another trick I use when anxious, even, excuse me, event organizers try encouraging to, excuse me, another trick I use when anxious um, event organizers try encouraging me to up my game by describing the status of the audience members. An organizer might say, um, and I'm actually not going to go into that, but they'll tell about a CEO or a group of CEOs out there. Um, so this uh, strategy is often employed when the audience seems somewhat resistant because they don't know why I'm there, or worst case scenario, they don't know why they're they've been faced, forced to be there with me. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, they, um, so when I spot the woman in the audience who has her lips pursed and her arms tightly folded across her chest, I picture what she looked like in the third grade. If I'm hooked by the guy who keeps shaking his head and making comments like winners aren't weak at work, I try to picture him holding a child or sitting with his therapist or honestly sitting with the therapist I think he should see. Uh, let's see. I want to get to a particular part. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, before I go on stage, I whisper the word people three or four times to myself. People, people, people. This strategy was born out of desperation a decade ago back in 2008 when I gave what I consider my first talk to a corporate leadership audience. I had lectured at Grand Browns in hospitals and done many behavioral health talks, but the difference between those experiences and even just standing in that green room was palpable. And I was trying to find my place to camp, a place to camp in the room with 20 other speakers, each of us waiting to, to be called to do our TED-style 20-minute talk at this day-long event. Um, all right. Sorry, but I'm just trying. I don't want to read all of that. You all can read that. I'm trying to get to a specific part where she talks about shame. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I think my, <laughs> oh, my phone froze. I can speak a little bit on that if you want me to on shame because, you know, I know that she talked about uh, it's two different types. When people think of shame, they're thinking of, uh, you know, like you should feel shame, like, like, like they've shamed you more than anything else. And she was talking about, no, that's not really what she's discussing. She's going into vulnerability of being shamed because I think one of her biggest challenges well, one of the challenges, and it's kind of like what you read there, she was she was speaking to an audience of, uh, she tells the story about the speaking to the audience of the CEOs, mm -hmm. and that uh, she didn't know that that's what they were, that, that's what they, she was going to speak to about. You know, she thought, because they, they said, I think they said C, C's or something yeah, like that. C level, yeah. <laughs> she thought right, she was thinking C level or almost like common people. But right. when she found out that it was the CEOs, the COOs, the, all the C's like that, and she looked out there and it looks like, you know, everybody had on Brooks Brothers suits, and she was like, whoa. She was like, and she thought that that kind of shame is what she was going to, she felt a little, see, I'm trying to explain what she's trying to explain, and I'm about to go more detail with it, but the way it seems is this, it was two different shames, but the whole thing comes about to being vulnerable and don't let shame or however you look at shame stop you from doing the things that you want to do don't let you know you got to dare almost dare to be great is what she's talking about and that people um you know, that people are always going to be um attacking the people 
who are tempting things. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you don't want to deal with that, then you don't tempt anything. But I'm 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 assuming that everybody gets on this book club call are attempting things. We're trying to do something outside of the norm. We're doing things outside of the box. And when you do stuff outside of the norm in the box, you know, you're going to be shamed, I guess, if you want to put it that way, if she wants to put it that way in that term. You're going to be discouraged and you're going to be, and she's saying that you have to dare greatly to do that. And uh, from what I understand throughout the book, it's stories and stories of that. So, Because I asked a young lady, I said, why did you choose this book? And she said that was one of the things that I had to deal with myself and also team members was dealing with um, is that part of it. So uh, I don't know if you found it yet. Um, so, yeah, so I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to – it's exactly what you're saying. What I think the biggest thing that kind of got my attention is that the um, a young man that she was talking to that was going to be a speaker, he actually said, you know, you need to speak about shame because – these people that you're getting ready to talk to, nobody talks to them about that. And he made mm-hmm. the comment that they are actually full, to up, full up to their eyeballs in shame themselves, but they're covering it up with, um, with titles and position and what so, have you. And so mm-hmm. she needed to stay true to what she was supposed to talk about because nobody talks about it, and that's how come, you know, they keep this, um, this cover. So I looked up the definition of shame, and actually it surprised me a little bit because it says shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness or wrong or wrong foolish behavior. So here it is, and that's that's all of our conditioning. Whatever embarrassments we've suffered, whatever somebody um, you know said to us. You know, I think I shared an article with you um, a couple of weeks ago about. Uh, a physician that wrote about how they use shame to try to get us to do what we're supposed to do, no matter how new we are, no matter how much we don't. Yeah, know. I mean, we talked about that. That was that was before I even thought about the book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when I saw, when I started reading this note and she started talking about shame, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly because it really just I'm even getting goosebumps actually talking about that because I've experienced that myself. And, um, and I'm sure everybody has experienced shame to a certain level. And I actually was um, coaching someone in weight management the other day, and, you know, they actually said that word. And so, you know, I guess all of this comes together um, for that. But she, um, you know, I think that we feel this. We try to cover it up. You know, it is a very painful feeling. Um, and But nobody can make us feel some kind of way, that means that we're carrying that feeling. And you talk about, you know, um, self-confidence and self-worth and all of that. And if your self-worth is is teetering on the edge, then that shame actually comes through to you faster. Now, you might you might get that feeling as you get better and you don't, you know, you don't keep it because even this experienced speaker, Brene, you know, here it is. She was saying that she was feeling it, and then, but she didn't realize that those folks were feeling it, and someone had to bring that to her attention. And so, but that's all tied to what our experiences are, our conditioning, um, you know, how we've dealt with things. Um, you know, even par- parents use shame a lot, um, especially if you mm-hmm. have different kids. Um, you compare the kids to each other and shame the other child into trying to make them to be like the, the, like the other child that you're talking about. Or mm-hmm. even between people, you know, I, we had a we had a set of family friends, and they used to always say, and that just puts you in a bad position. You know, they're telling their kids, oh, you should be like, you know, Cole, Nicole, or you should be like Danielle, who is my sister. And you know, that that's horrible because then you feel bad if somebody's putting you in that position. Um, and we don't, you know, um, you know. So I think everybody right. feels same. Yeah. And it starts off early, at an early age. You know, you go back, you know how kids, you know, we don't really care when we start attacking other kids growing up, you know, because we, you know, we were attacked and kids, you know, you attack other kids being, you know, because it was just a part of the uh, playing the dozen, we used to call it. We're playing the dozen where we go after each other and we talk about, you know, whatever, your parents talk about, your mama talk about, you know, all that kind of stuff was uh, at an early age. And so now... A lot of us don't want to step out and say stuff 
you know, because, you know, once you, let's say you start a business and now you got an idea that you got to expose to the world, um, that's the most frightening thing, in the, in, you know, that I can ever imagine because, you know, they even say that's more frightening than uh, death, that people, when it comes to public speaking, would probably rather die instead of speak publicly. And that's because, you know, you're exposing something to the world, something that you just learned yourself and you're trying to do it, and especially with what we do. That's why I always say the book club is so important because what we do uh, in our business is definitely far outside the box. And so everything that we expose to people is going to be, you know, criticized or talked about or dissected to the, you know, I mean, just dissected, deeply dissected. Um, as my partner did, we do a full autopsy on you. And, uh, and so when you do that and you're exposing something that the world is not familiar with or don't really care about, man, it's a frightening experience. And that's why, you know, again, I chose this book because I think we all need to be vulnerable and deal with that fright. That's, you know, that part, that's part of the mental toughness that I talk about that's so important. The mindset is dealing with all those things because, you know, even if we get the information that we need, Doc, you know, from the scripts, uh, from everything that we should say, you know, because we could give you the right verbiage, but the fear, the shame, the intimidation of exposing that to people uh, is what holds people back. And I don't, I still don't see why people don't get that. You know, Doc, I really do. And, and I don't know if they don't get it or just don't want to admit it. Because it's almost like we're always looking for some kind of new info yeah. to present. Yeah, but even, even even when we get the new info, we still got to go through this thing of exposing it, and we're ashamed to do it. We, you know, we're frightened to do it. We don't want to, you know, uh, you know, now we might debate it publicly and say we're not, but you know when you get home. Because the only reason that most of us are not succeeding it's just that we're not doing what we're supposed to do long enough. We're not continue, continually doing those things, whether it's the script, whether it's the certain words we use, whether it's the certain way we handle business. The reason we're not continually doing those things is because of the shame, the fear of being talked about. I mean, I can't, you can't tell me and show me any other reason why because it's all numbers, it's all, it's all numbers and we don't, when we don't do the numbers, uh, because we're afraid, and, and you know, so then we don't produce. It, it all goes back to that mental toughness, that mindset. I don't, you know, Absolutely. call me crazy, which some people do. No? <laughs> I just hadn't heard the right answer yet to tell me that something is different with that. It's not. <laughs> it's, not. <laughs> it's not. And you experience it over and over, even after you're, uh, I think you probably still experience it, right, when you yeah. – have gotten through it. You just worked through it because you, you've had so many years of experience. Oh, I still, yeah, I still do it. it, and I still know that, you know, my thing is that, for me, the success that I've had gives me more, um, I'm not even going to say credibility to the world at all. It gives me more confidence behind myself to know that, you know, because, you know, where people are coming from, I've been there and done that and got the T-shirt. So it's not like I hadn't been on the other side of the table. You know what I'm saying? I've been on the other side of the table, and I'm on this side of the table, and I've had success. So, But still, you know, when I when I pitch or when I say something to people and I talk about it and I spoke, I know I can see the smirk. I can see the things that they do. I can see the doubt that they have. It might not even be smirk, Doc. It might not even be – they might not even be critical. They might not even be – they might look at me and say it might make sense. But here's my problem. No, here's the problem. To them it doesn't. And that's another thing, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there, it's spinning in their head. Um, I don't know if I can do that. It's spinning in their head. Uh, I don't know if that's legit. It's spinning in their head. So all those things hold people back from saying the things that they need to say. So, But go ahead. I think um, uh, LaVonda, Ms. Johnson's on and has something to say. Um <laughs> But y'all be tagging them, y'all be tagging them. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> you on there, Levante? <laughs> All right, Miss Johnson, you, you there? <laughs> like, like, there's a rock. Oh, I didn't know. 
the wrestling match. <laughs> Go ahead, Miss Johnson. You're in the car, though. It sound, I can't hardly hear you. I bet you're on that speaker. Okay. I am. I'm driving. Let me know. Y'all love that speaker, boy. You got to come off of that. Okay. Tag team. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah, I hear you. So um, the only thing I would add is that, you know, shame to me goes along with difficulty or dealing with rejection, and that's something that I struggle with. Um, I talked to Mr. Fleming about that all the time. In fact, we were talking about it last night because I didn't realize it. So immediately, anytime um, somebody tells me something that goes against what I'm doing or something I've done or how I feel about something, I immediately feel that um, that feeling of shame and rejection. And um, one of the reasons why I dig into the mindset so much is because that has really helped me. First of all, I had to be aware of it, um, and then I had to start to address it. But it's something that it can be very paralyzing. Um, it has been paralyzing for me for a long time because I didn't want to feel it. It's difficult. It's hard to press, you know, move forward and move through it, especially when you don't understand what's happening. But now that I understand what's happening, and now that I have somebody to talk to about it and a community of people to talk to about it, I can see how I'm getting a lot better with it and my confidence is building. People tell me all the time how different I am and how much more confidence I have. So it's definitely something that I deal with, and I'm looking forward to digging into this book. And, you know, you have to grow from where you come from. And, and LaVonda, I know your background is, um, well, I know in your particular job, you kind of deal with yourself and you kind of away from other people. And so it's a lot of people that join our business or get started with something, some kind of business outside of the box where they have, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, no no personality skills, no don't know how to really, you know, communicate with people, not, you know, not having conversations with a lot of people. And, and so now you're kind of thrown into that situation because, remember, most people in what we do, and you, if you if you look at the numbers, most of them are something where we've taken a customer and tried to show a customer how they can make money. Now mm-hmm. that's cool, but when you show a customer how they can make money, it's a lot of other stuff come with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a, it ain't just you know you tell a few people and then they tell a few people. I wish it was like that, but it's a lot of stuff come with that, and most people are not prepared. They don't have the background for that. That's why I say. Even when I started, you know, 25 years ago, I think one of my biggest uh, advantages was that I I came to the table with uh, being able to deal with a lot of rejection because I had that was my background. I mean, for 10 years I was out and about meeting people, talking to people, having conversations, people rejecting me, people talking about me, cold calling, which is, I think, one of the best learning experiences things that you can do when you get out here and cold call and just walk up, you know, and just deal with people. Now, I'm not telling everybody to do that on here because that would be a quick way to run you out of a business too. Because <laughs> sometimes it's so painful. Uh, but so I brought that to the table. And so my thing was different than somebody else that, as I say, I enrolled you and you have never really dealt with people and you like the product. And then I say, well, you got to go out here and you got to talk to some folks. Ooh, I can imagine uh, how that feeling was. You know how you, you know, talk to people. I mean, I got to call them, and you mean they got to, you know, and they gonna reject me, and they gonna, you know, what I'm saying that I, I'm sure yeah. that came across. You know, I'm sure that, and probably still. Yeah, for sure. And, and for me, I I know how to talk to people. I talk to people very well. I relate to people very well, but. In the same sense, I want to talk to people on my terms when I want to talk to them. And I don't want to feel that discomfort of rejection. Because when you open yourself up to people, when you're vulnerable, you're opening yourself up to be hurt. And I've been hurt in that way a lot of times. And so I just started to disconnect from people in that way. I would only talk to them to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Now, I remember, yeah, most of the conversations you probably were having on the job 
with conversations that probably has been heard before in some form or fashion through what I call the uh, the box world because those are conversations. When you're outside the box now, when you start talking to people, those conversations, those people haven't heard, or if they have heard it, it was negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a difference yeah. when you step outside of that. And I could see if, let's say that, you know, a person was a school teacher and, okay, and so now they start a business that's dealing with school teaching. And so they're dealing with people who are familiar with that language. And so you, you know, that's a different story there. You know, the rejection is right not really there because people understand the verb. It's almost like going to another country. You know, like when I went to Paris for the first time, um, I guess, you know, just the, the American ego, I guess, because I didn't even think about learning their language. I didn't even think about learning, you know, I don't know, Polly Buffon say. I'm saying, I didn't think about none of that. I just went over there. And so, you know, me and my wife, I'm like, we're going to be there for a week. And I'm getting mad at them because I'm trying to get them to understand my language. And they're looking at me like, fool, you in my country, you sh- you should be trying to learn my language. And so that's kind of like the same thing what we're doing when we start a business outside of the box. Now we're trying to talk to people about what we do and using the words we use and the terms we use, and we're talking about different things that's not been taught in the system. And now we're trying to force people to understand that, and they're looking at us like, first of all, I don't believe you're doing that. Second of all, I don't know why you're talking about that. Third, and so it's a, it's a, it's, it's a different communication skill that comes. And again, let's go back to the book. That's one of the reasons I chose the book is because she's saying, so what. It is different. So what? But dare to jump out there, dare to expose yourself, dare to do it, and make yourself feel better about it. You know what I'm saying? you got to do that. That's the you got to be vulnerable when you do that. You have to be, you know, willing to uh, take the pain and the punishment that comes along with it. And I think this book club call is kind of like a uh, uh, – a, well, that's what you are, though. What do we call a session when you come in and folks sit down on the sofa? And, what's a that therapist, session called? and actually, this author Therap- has the same degree that I do. Oh, really? Brene Brown has the same? Okay, so. Yes. <laughs> okay. L- so, yeah, this L- is like L- a therapy L- session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, folks, we've been on too long already, so, but I appreciate, uh, I, I should have known that, uh, Dr. Nicole, don't, she ain't going anywhere without tagging on somebody <laughs> from that uh, <laughs> from that boot camp that we had. So, <laughs> Doc, are you, are you there? Did you jump out the ring when you pat? No, when you I'm pat, here. You do, I'm <laughs> here. I hear you jumped out the ring and tagged her, and she jumped in the ring. <laughs> it enhances the conversation. I see. <laughs> I see. All right, folks. Well, uh, that's it today. You know, that's all she wrote. Pen and pencil broke. We, we, we. But everybody should have the book by next Saturday. You know, everybody should have it. So we should be reading it and talking about it, and you know, conversing on it. So, and also got some good news and some bad news today when it comes to the clips that we play, the the mystery voices. Which one? Which one y'all want to hear first? The good news or the bad news? The bad news. The bad news is I don't have five clips to play. Because <laughs> I ask you guys during the week, send me some names of people that you want to be the mystery voice. Now, when you send me the name, you can't win in the contest, but you send me the name, and then I'll find some people. I'm exhausted on trying to find people. I'm sick of, you know, oh, you know what's so, 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 what's so crazy, and I'll start thinking. The only people that we could actually use for voices would be entertainers or, or just entertainers because that's the only, you know, like a lot of businessmen that we know, we don't, they don't really have stuff out here like that, or I guess, I don't know, we even know a lot of business people like that. And the ones we do is too simple. And so I was just trying to think of something different. 
uh, of a different voice, but, you know, it's it going to come up hip-hop, football player, uh, movie star. Um, you know, if I do politician, I mean, I could do that. I guess I could do that. I could go into pop. But, see, I, I'm not into that political world like that, so I don't hear a lot of those voices like some of you all do. That's why you have to kind of send me that. So, But that's the bad news. The good news is we do have one clip <laughs> that I'm going to play. One today, and instead of doing what we do, we usually do ten dollars. We used to do ten dollars, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So this one clip is for twenty-five dollars a day. That's it. Twenty-five dollars, folks. Twenty-five big ones. So that means you can go to Subway, get your meal. What else can you do? <laughs> you put $5 of gas in your car. No, you can't do nothing with that. So that leaves you with 15 You can, um, I don't know, you can put $15 of gas in your car. That's what you can do. If you take regular gas, that's cool. But if you, you're doing premium, <laughs> forget about it. All right, so let's let's play this voice here. Let's see here. Y'all got to tell me who this is. You got to text me, 678 Six four 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 five four one. Here we go. You know, I went on a road trip with my dad, with my mom, cross country when I was eleven, and I was wow. um, her navigator. And you know, it's an amazing thing. You know, I think that's what's happened so much in this past year is is really, you know, just cherishing that much more that time with family and friends, and to have that with my dad during this period, and to turn something that came from a worry into to, to just a lifelong memory it was just really, really powerful. Uh-oh. It's quiet on the front here. Let me do that again. You know, I went on a road trip with my dad, with my mom cross country when I was 11, and I was wow. um, her navigator. And, you know, it's an amazing thing. You know, I think that's what's happened so much in this past year is is really – you know, just cherishing that much more that time with family and friends and to have that with my dad during this period and to turn something that came from a worry into to, to just a lifelong memory was just really, really powerful. Wow. I only got one. Well, I got two. Somebody said Miley Cyrus, which I don't even know who that is. Is that a singer? I think it's a country, is it a country singer or what? And Jennifer Lopez, those are two that I heard. And you both are wrong. <clears throat> so I guess I get to keep my $25 a day. Um, I'm going to give you all one more shot, which I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it again. You know, I went on a road trip with my dad, with my mom cross-country when I was 11, and I was wow. um, her navigator. And, you know, it's an amazing thing. You know, I think that's what's happened so much in this past year is, is really, you know, just cherishing that much more that time with family and friends and to have that with my dad during this period and to turn something that came from a worry into to, to just a lifelong memory was just really, really powerful. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did this morning. I actually Googled the top. Ten, uh, I, t I did top ten current um, famous actresses on television. Black, I think I said black current, which I didn't know she. I didn't know she was black or not, <laughs> but her, her name came up. So I guess she got some some in her. Because uh, I don't know who, who y'all watching and stuff like that because I don't, you know. And I think she was number, let me see, I can tell you this, she was number as for top. She was number six. You had a lady called, and I'm about to tear his name up, Lupita Nyong'o. Y'all know who that is? <laughs> and then the second one was... <laughs> Good good Matasa or something like that. Uh, y'all know y'all know how to pronounce that. Alright, so <laughs> the third one was Viola Davis and I was gonna go her with because y'all know that voice too heavy. This fourth one was Taraji. Uh, 
The fifth one was Angela Bassett. And the sixth one was this lady that I just played, and y'all did not know her. And I'm about to pronounce her name. I hope I, does it. I, hope I do it the right way. But I think it's pronounced Rosario Dawson. Is that how you pronounce it? Ros- Rosario Dawson? And y'all didn't know who Rosario Dawson is, and she's the sixth. Somebody came off mute, so y'all know who Rosario Dawson is? Yeah, Rosario. Rosario Dawson. Rosario, okay. Rosario Dawson, and she has to have some some uh, soul in her because I think she even talked about that later on in the interview that somebody in the family, mama, daddy, somebody was uh, African-American. So uh, somebody texted me and said she's black Latino. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say she's she, black. She's black. Yeah, yeah she's black. <laughs> I'm saying, if you got some black in you, I mean, you black. That's going to override everything. So uh, uh, it's interesting, black, Latino. So, All right, well, I'm keeping my $25. I tried to I tried to do something for you all, and, uh, but y'all got to give me some names of some people or something that I can get some mystery voices that we can do. Um because the music ain't going to work, because y'all can just put that little Shazam thing on there. I didn't figure that out. Because after that, I actually got Shazam. I didn't know what it was, and now I can Shazam right quick. And I'm like, I don't know. Somebody was winning a lot of money at one point with that. I'm not going to say that was Mark. I'm not going to say Mark. I'm just going gonna, gonna to give Mark credit, because Mark said he grew up in the household with his granddad and dad, or somebody said that played a lot of music so he could get some of the other stuff, and then he liked music. So I'm going a, I'm to a give Mark the benefit of the doubt. But there were some more people out here cheating a little bit that I, <laughs> with the Shazam. I'm not calling any names, and if you don't say anything, we won't think it's you. If you don't text me right now and say, well, well how you how you trust Mark, but you don't trust such and such, that means... You will hit dog. Them hit dogs start to bark, don't they? So <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know. <laughs> I bet some of y'all were just about to text me and you stopped. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm barking over here, so now nah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but uh, that's the only thing I can think of that y'all can't copy or can't is the mystery voices. So. Help me out with that. Some of y'all help me out with that, all right? That's it, folks. That's all she wrote today. The pen and the pencil broke. Y'all have a fantastic Saturday. Um, what else we got going on? That's it. Y'all do something, you know, do something different, I guess, today on Saturday. You know, guess what? Guess what you ought to do? Guess what you ought to do? I'm going to play my favorite song again, too. But guess what you ought to do? You ought to read a book today. <laughs> all right. Bye. You didn't hear what I said. I said I ain't have any more clips. I said only that was the bad news. The good news, he had one. But breaking news, we're going to open the Elite Team page up, you know, you know, from we're going to actually start doing presentations on there every day. So, But we'll talk about that. But that's not what we need to be talking about on the mindset. So we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday night. All right? But, yeah, we'll talk about it on Monday night. All right? Back to my favorite song. You're not happy here You don't mean to say It shows, it shows, it shows It's all over your face You can't erase, you know I wish that we could face The things that hold us back Before we face Something